Good morning. I am Jerry, uh, Jerry Souter, and it is my pleasure to be with you today. The passage that we're going to look at today is Galatians 6, 1 through 10, and I've titled this, Loving on the Law of Christ. When I was talking with Ronnie, he mentioned to me that this wonderful church is in the process of uh, searching for a, a new pastor. And my home church, Faith Christian Fellowship, went through that. We got a pastor, I guess, a year and a half ago. And what kept us together was each other. And I thought that this uh, passage has a number of wonderful things to tell us about how we can do that. So there are three points that I'm going to be looking at. Restoring the saints is the first. Building up our leaders is second. And reaping the fruit is the third. So what I'm going to do is um, read the passage and then after that I will pray, and then we'll begin. Galatians 6, 1 through 10. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens. And so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one test his own work, and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor. For each will have to bear his own load. Let the one who is taught the word Share all good things with the one who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, um, one will then reap. Um, For the one who sows to his own flesh will, from the flesh, reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will, from the Spirit, reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have the opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially those in the household of faith. So, in terms of context, there are a couple of things to say about this passage. Um, the first, just throw this in, the book of Galatians, the letter of Galatians was initially thought to be kind of one of the middling letters of Paul. But increasingly, scholarship points that this may indeed be the first letter he wrote. So, the situation that they say, is the stridency of the letter in the beginning um, 
the beginning part, he is just almost pugilistic. He says, um, if anyone, even an angel, preaches to you another gospel than the one you have heard, let him be accursed. If anyone preaches this gospel, another gospel than the one you know, let him be accursed. This stridency would not have been necessary because after the first missionary tour, Paul goes back to Jerusalem and at that point, Peter and the apostles sustain, they support the fact that a a Gentile does not need to be circumcised and does not have to obey all the ritual laws of Judaism. So, um, chapter 6, 1 through 10, comes at the end of the letter. So, Paul, in all his letters, has a similar structure. He has a salutation, he has praise, he has theology, and then he has his admonitions. So, in the admonitions, although he had the secondary purpose of letting Jerusalem know what he was struggling with, this part is to the church in Galatia, a church in transition. So the first point I want to look at is we need to seek people who have fallen off the track. And boy, now that we have COVID and people coming and people going and um, welcome everybody who is out there virtual. Um, it is, this is a time when we really need to rope each other in. The um, verse starts out, Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual ought to restore him in a spirit of gentleness. So, who is he talking to? He's talking to the church body, and he's encouraging them to call each other back. Now, the first thing, he says, those who are caught. The word caught, prolambano, has several meanings. And it kind of points to the fact that sin is something that we just kind of stumble into. Nobody says, I'm going to go out and do this awful thing, even those who do awful things. It's that we take a shortcut here, bad decision, bad decision, and then bam, we find ourselves in a big mess. And that's the way transgression gets us. So prolambano, I think the, the nuances of the meaning support this surprising backing into sense that sin has dominion in our life. First, it means to take before, kind of like sneaking that cookie, grabbing it before anyone else. It means to be caught. Certainly it means to anticipate, to take shortcuts, and to be taken over. My friends, going after people in transgression is dark and messy work. It is um, 
the, and yet the confrontation of sin in and by and through the body is exactly what the gospel is calling for. So I brought a visual along with me. A friend of mine is a doctor. This is a scalpel without the blade. And I have in here uh, sutures and uh, scissors. The point is, is that going after transgressions is very careful work. Note that we need to listen, we need to pursue, we need to question deftly. We need to make connections, we need to encourage, we need to walk alongside. In short, we need to care. So now the word um, for restore is katortiziki, means to frame, to mend, to join together, to prepare, and to restore. Pursuing transgression in anyone, and especially ourselves, is hard work. We need to pay attention. We need to invite each other into our lives. I like um, Tim Keller talks about as we get together and develop relationships with each other, we need to have one of mutual counseling where we open up and we share what's going on in our lives, not just the casual um, things that go on in, in conversations, but weaknesses, difficulties, and problems. And when he says, uh, keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted, it is important that we who engage each other look at ourselves. Because as sheep, we are sent out and we need to be innocent as doves and not presume, but wise as serpents. In verse 2, we now have what I think is the thesis statement for the entire passage. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. And the law of Christ, as the New Testament message uh, indicated, is to love one another. Um, the other point, in Romans 15.1, it says, we who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. So in this work of counseling, of knowing one another, of engaging each other, of having conversations, be it the Thursday night prayer meeting, when people are going through rough patches, we need to engage them. We need to get on the phone and call them and see what we can do to make things better. So the word for bear, bastazetti, means to pick up, to 
to, in, to carry and to endure. Now, notice that this is not to entertain, not to be cordial, but it means that we're digging deeper and that we're being richer. It is the exact opposite of the way we treat an, an acquaintance, someone at work. We need to be sharing our struggles, our dreams, and our, and our ordeals. The word for burden. Now this is interesting, and I think it's a segue into the second point of building up leaders. Burden is weight, it's load, it's bare in Greek, it's burden, but it's also authority. That we are to help each other with the authority that we are given, that we are to bear. So of course, the wife's having a hard day when the husband comes in, taking care of the children becomes his job. For the wife, bearing the husband's work and the labor he's doing is likewise hers. Friends, if you're on a Zoom meeting, maybe a cell group meeting, and you hear something that's coming up in, in someone you know and, and it's a, a rough patch, Maybe not then in the middle of the cell group, but get back together because this body is one entire entity. Um, let me tell you this. Uh, I came across a good example of this thing. A friend of mine, Paul, was making a dinner for his wife, Jo, and um, it was on Valentine's Day. Now, Joe works in hospice, meaning that she's working with people who are struggling, who are in pain, who are suffering, and often the end of hospice care is death. So she came home after a really hard day. And as she walked in the door, the table was set, her place was made, there was a casserole, there was fresh, warm bread, there was a salad. She sat down and began to sob. It just broke. She was able to just shed all of the tension and all of the hard times that she came on. Um, and this is the kind of encouragement that we're capable of. Fulfill, anapaliru, means to fill up, to supply, and to accomplish. Nomos, same word for law that Moses used in Leviticus and Deuteronomy. Now, in the context of all this, if we really understand going, at, going to people in, who are in their transgressions. We need to project ourselves. What are we like when we're off our track, when, we're, when things aren't really functioning well? When we hear that you know, we're criticized or something blows up in our face, we say the wrong thing. 
what do we do? Do we immediately pick up the Bible and start reading Scripture? Mm, maybe not. Do we immediately get on our knees and begin to pray? That's not our tendency. Because when we're off the tracks, all we want to do is escape. And so what we do is we turn on the television um, or get a, uh, a book that will take our mind away from it, go for a walk, something like that. So Paul knew this. And so the next section in the passage reads, If anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one test his own work, and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not his neighbor, for each one will have to bear his own load. So what Paul is saying here is that we really need to pay attention to ourselves. We need to get ourselves in a good place. All of this, I think, flies in the face of I got it and no problem. Um, the myth of American individualism. Those of us who are good at what we're doing in our work, praise God, he will bless us. But in following the gospel, we need to step out on a limb we need to go to different places and develop different skills. So this brings us to my second, to the second point I think Paul is making in this wonderful passage. And that is, let the one who is taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches. The word taught is katechumenos, which is the root for the word of catechism, which is the systematic training of a new believer. And word, logon, is the object form of logos, or discussion, truth, Christ himself. Because Christ ultimately is the answer to the problem that we engage. But let's go back to the phrase, the subject of this sentence is, the one who is taught. Well, who's the one who's taught? Like me on most Sundays, and like you, and those who are at home, it's those who are in the pews who are, who are being taught. In order to do this work, we need leaders, we need teachers, we need pastors who are willing to lead us into the effort. Because I promise you that our pastors are getting hammered. On the inside, emotionally, because it's in their job description, this Restoring, um, restoring saints to the track is what they are doing. So rather than just saying, hey, great word or great passage, we ought to be giving 
approval, encouragement, notes of growth in your own life, testimonies of how what um, your teachers are doing for you because on this, the gospel is built. And the third point is about reaping. Now here we have uh, what is called an antithesis. Uh, it often has that the fool does this, but the wise man does that in Proverbs. Well, notice that he does this here, but in everything, the subject is reaping. So pay attention to when you hear the word reap. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, one will also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. And to the one to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not, if we grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So, my second visual here is a bag, and I have some seed, and for the sake of the cleaners, I'm not going to throw it out there. But the idea of let us sow is the stuff of seeds, and it is the stuff that requires the earth and the rain. So, Paul follows the farmer into the field. He knows brambles. He knows the greedy thorns that grow up around a mountain stream. Have you ever noticed that? It's very often like that. That you can't even get to the water because bramble bushes tend to fence off <clears throat> the stream. And so, if we are feeding to the flesh, we are going to reap corruption. So it requires the earth, it requires air, it requires rain, it requires the breath and the, um, and the wind, but all it reaps, if it is the flesh, is corruption. So, it is fresh as a sitcom, as subtle as a lyric that we find ourselves tapping our foot to. It is surprising as a photo on the web or that last angry commentator on the radio that still has us theming, uh, seething. That is the corruption. But Paul gives us an alternative. It still requires the earth. It still requires air and rain. But this time, we rely not only on the Son, but the Son of the Father. And so in this, we sow to the gospel and to the Spirit. And what do we reap? 
We reap purpose, teleos. We reap guidance, truth, conformance to Christ, and glory of the eternal life. Now, in fact, doing Christ's work is going to lead us into places that are maybe we, we might stub our toe some as we reach out to those who are in, um, who are fallen off the track. Um, this is something that other people, not the body of Christ, are not doing. So there's no automatic delivery from struggle. Our hands are still going to be dirty. Our backs are still going to ache. Um, However, we now will have the fruit of the vine dresser, his purpose, his sustenance, his peace, and we never, never, never need to be separated from the uh, spirit. And so Paul ends up with a point that really spans the entire message. So then, as we have an opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are in the household of faith. So my friends, in conclusion, this three-point message is really one point as we want to restore the saints, we need to build up our leaders so that we can reap the good fruit of the gospel. So let us sow friendship that we may reap friends. Let us sow to a marriage that we may reap a family. Let us sow to Columbia that we may reap a better Maryland. Let us sow to piety that we may reap holiness. And let us sow to love that we may reap agape. That we may be atoned with the Father. That we may be forgiven by the Son and come to eternal life through the Spirit. Let me pray. Father God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for everything that you've done for us. And um, I just pray that your word would move us in our hearts and that we would take this and that we would use it in the next week and that we would become your tools in developing the kingdom on earth. In the name of Christ Jesus, amen.